unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. That is funny. That is funny. That is funny. Okay, we got to we got to do that one more. All right. So, uh, And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you start a Friday night. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Ron and Scripted Unfiltered Experience. Uh, yeah, 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 so I uh, apologize for that. I'm uh, nearsighted, so I wasn't able to see. And I was like, wait, I'm halfway through, I'm like, wait, that's the wrong that fucking hitch. Right? Right? <laughs> it's all right. What's up, brother? Good to see you. The Unfiltered Experience, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Friday night. 5 p.m. a week. Put it in your calendar, please, where we bring you the unfiltered conversations with ourselves and our guests designed to help you take your elevation, take your vibration, take your results and your confidence to the next kick-ass level. What's going on, brother? It's good to see you. Last week, we got to see each other in person. It seems like it just was yesterday, and now it's like, here, it's been another week. How have you been? I've lost uh, 10 pounds this week from everything that I did last week. All we were doing was eating and eating, and this week, I've just been at the gym, just being clean, and now I'm having a beer to take a break, but I'm not even kidding. I, I probably lost seven pounds this week. That's all we did was eat that whole week. So it was good. It was good. Yeah. So you're feeling better? You don't have the dad bod anymore? Oh, dude, I'm ripped now. It just takes a week now. No, it's not. <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I, I, I got a, you know, I'm definitely lucky. I've got a fast metabolism. So I'll start to get slightly out of shape and I'll bounce right back. But yep. there's something about 50 that I've noticed this week. I'll wake up and my synovial fluids aren't going like I, I definitely am like a, a rusted machine. Like it's I'm still like a good vehicle, but I, I have to like oil things up. And then when I'm in motion, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't I don't jump out of bed fast because I could sprain an ankle or blow out a knee. I go slow. But by the end of the day, I'm playing basketball with 20 year old kids. I'm fine. But it takes there's a process. It's not it's not the same as when you're 20. That's for sure. Dude, for the last week, I've been in so much pain because again, I was I was doing 75 hard, so I was pure clean. I was good. I was good. Mm -hmm. And I said I was gonna do the six days where I was gonna make perfect six days, and then the one day, and I have not stuck to that. I'm serious. When I get up, I, I swear to God, I'm just I'm just gonna do this as a visual. I stand up and I go, Well, you saw me last week. I'm like, oh, mm. oh. and then I then I start walking like I start walking like I'm 80 yeah. years old. And by the time I get going, like you're saying, it's like, all right, you got the got the grease in the joints, we're ready to rock and roll. Then you need to take a break. Yeah, if my toilet was any further in the in the middle of the night, I just wouldn't bother going to the bathroom. I'd be like, I'm gonna wear depends to bed. It's too far. Like it's got to be close enough that I can take three steps because my body hurts. And back. Get why don't back we to just bed. cut to the chase, Scott? Why don't we just cut to the chase and all of us just wear depends? I mean, why do we bother with the bathroom? It's it's a waste of time. You it's know, time suck. You know, but I'm an environmentalist, dude. It's gonna be a lot of diapers that we got to put in landfills. So mm. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the the earth. Doing it for the earth. Diapers made out of cardboard. We could recycle our Amazon boxes and make them into diapers, diapers and then compost them and create vegetables from our own <laughs> shit. 
that's too far. That's too far. I don't know. I don't know if I can You've never told that. me any time, <laughs> the time we've been doing this show for like well over a year. You've never said, Christopher, that was too far. I've said some pretty stupid shit. <laughs> you've never said that's too far. But I'm sitting there talking about using cardboard as a type when you're like, no, dude, no, I got to draw the line, Chris. You, you said some pretty- I don't know if there's even a line. You don't know there's no line. Do whatever you want. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Of course, of course. Um, so it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy week. I was gonna, I was just gonna share with you and share with the share with the viewers and everything. You know, we talk about vulnerability, we talk about safe space, and we talk about the fact that you and I are very transparent and the fact that we go through our own shit. And then we'll be public about here on the on the show and saying, Hey, listen, you know, Scott, what kind of week did you have? Well, I had this kind of week, or Chris, what kind of week did you have? I was sitting out by my pool the other night. And I was really thinking about stuff. I'm like, what, what, what is it? What is it? You know, cause I'm constantly thinking about myself and thinking about, you know, coaching myself and like, what, what is it that's, that's holding me back or whatever. And I had this idea in my mind that even though my mom's been dead since 2011, I'm like, there is still an aspect of me that is trying to show her that I am worthwhile. I'm worthwhile that I'm, that I'm valid, that I, that I still matter. It's crazy. I was sitting there thinking about, it. I'm like, why do I, it's, it, it was crazy in my brain. I was thinking about it and I'm like, wow, I can let that go. I can let that go. When I let that go, I immediately felt so much better. It was weird. It was a weird thing. Have you ever had that happen to you? You know, when you, when you posted that, I, I was kind of smiling in my head because I fully recognize that you, I, I can see that I said it to you sometime. Like you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to, you know what I mean? And, and don't forget this, you know, you, you talk so much about identity and you're so on point. Our identity is built when we're kids and then it's built over time from first grade to second grade to third grade, our gym teacher, our coach, all these people telling us this is how we should be. And we're trying to emulate them. So those things that you are doing to get that approval, they're not just going to drift away without, you know, following certain processes, which start with that awakening and recognition. So to answer your question, yeah, it's absolutely happened to me. And sometimes everybody else is like, duh, Scott. And sometimes it's something I found on my own. And so whether it's something that everybody sees or I had to dig a little deeper, we all have those opportunities to take old pieces of our identity and shift and you know make that that corrective you know move or a pivot that we need to do to be the best self that we can be which mm -hmm. leads me to something we've got a beautiful guest and this person's all about making those shifts those transformations mindfulness i'm quite sure that she has full capacity to help either of us recognize those things and move forward because we've got to figure out those pieces of our identity or those things that we're doing because of part of our past lives that we can make those shifts She's a transformation coach, a mindfulness coach, does a lot of the same kind of things that we do. Beautiful human being. Let's welcome Michelle Shalen. Hi, What's up, hi, Michelle? Hi. Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. Hi, thank you so much. I was just sitting like, but I don't know about cardboard diapers. I think that would traumatize your kid. It's <laughs> true. So you know what's really my funny? Kid, we, would be, we would like to tell you like, we, we recycle. We recycle. So I mean, we, that's what so, we're saying, right? But so, so it's funny about traumatizing your kid. Cause before I just walked in here, yeah. I made the comment. Um, she goes, uh -oh. one of my friends, no, she was, she was laughing. She goes, one of my friends, she goes, um, something about like her parents always kiss on the lips. And I go, you kiss me on the lips. She goes, no, 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 no. You kiss on me on the lips. And I'm like, oh, is that bad? I go, but we love you. And she goes, well, I don't like it. And I'm like, damn it. So that means that's out. I can never <laughs> give her a kiss on the lips. So we're past that. So there's always these little things we're doing to embarrass. We do not need to add cardboard diapers to the mix. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny you mentioned that, we Scott, because our kids unintentionally would know. No yeah. yeah, we're doing our best. Like, you know, 
we want to hang on to that little child, you know, that beautiful spirit. And I guess they don't want to be kissed on the lips, but I'm like, I only have one and you're my beautiful little girl. It's like, (laughs) it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Actually, I give I give Jackson a kiss on the lips. I learned this from my boss. He goes, I still, you know, his son, because I knew his son as well, and his son was like older. And he's, I still kiss Josh on the lips, and I, I always took that from myself. And so anytime I see him when we we go when I drop him off at school, I'm like, give me a kiss, and we always kiss on the lips. But I figured there's gonna be one day of like, Dad, isn't that kind of, you know? And I'm like, no, no, because I love you, and that's how you show love. Because there's I never a Saturday night. Did you see the Saturday Night Live skit about this, where the family comes home and the 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 guy brings home like his girlfriend and the whole family's kissing the lips by the end. They're all like making out. It's like, they take it, they <laughs> oh, take it too I, far. No, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that one. Oh, dude. Um, go look at it. Like think of this conversation, go watch that. Cause it starts out like, kind of like we're saying, we're like, Hey, you know, you can kiss somebody lips. You can give them a hug. You can say, you love you. And then it's like, okay, you guys took this a bit. They just take it to the next level. You oh, know, the grandma oh, comes yeah. in and starts licking like oh. the grandson's face. It's like, okay, okay. This was funny. Now I'm even freaked out. Oh, oh, what's up? We got Robert in the house. He goes, what's up? He goes, where is everyone? Hi, Christopher and Scott. We got David Cook from over in England. What's up, David? Good to see you. He goes, you guys are crazy. Of course we're crazy. And Robert already brings up an illustrative point. He says, approval seeking can lead to certain death. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So uh, we got Deborah in the house. Uh, She says, LL Truth is funnier than fiction. Absolutely. Deborah, thank you so much for being here. So uh, kick us off, Scott. Let's have this conversation. I'm, I'm excited for this. So um, Michelle and I, we were trying to come up with, you know, some fun M's, some different M's for mindfulness, because we're both huge proponents of living the present moment, not getting caught in the past and get caught in the future, but really finding a way to be present. And so we were talking about two M's that we came up with that were pretty good. And we were talking about the use of meditation and what does meditation mean? And then I'd love to talk a little bit about the idea of medicine, maybe plant medicine, because there's different vehicles and different ways that we can achieve that mindfulness and really tap into source. And so, you know, Chris, we've talked about this a million times. We do it with our coaching groups. Some people will say, like, should I do plant medicine? Should I meditate? Should I just read these books? Like, what do I do? And so I'd love to start playing with that right now and just talk about the ways that we can get to that space that we can transform so kick us off michelle we can start with meditation we could start with plant medicine you you, you guide us i'd really like to start with meditation because you know and this is so funny because you know eight years ago is when i started really meditating and i had a lot of personal growth and you know always you know trying to grow spiritually and that kind of thing but my personal opinion is a person can't really get to the next level of really spiritual consciousness without meditation. I just don't think it's possible. And uh, I've never had, I've never listened to a spiritual leader that said it would be possible. They all do it because you have to go inside and connect internally because we're constantly distracted externally. All right. Um, The biggest thing that I always like to uh, share with people is the approach to meditation. What kind of approach do we have to meditation? Most people, you know, we have self-critical, you know, all the messages we got growing up and constantly in our culture, we had this self-critic constantly. We also, our minds have changed a lot with technology and our use of it, where, you know, we just, our minds expect everything really quick. 
we already had an instant gratification problem before. And now it's like you can get Amazon and you buy it, get it the next day. You, you, you can binge watch your favorite series on Netflix. You know, you get to get anything you want, any kind of information immediately on the phone or whatever, right? So when you get somebody that's so overstimulated and so, you know, going fast in our modern world and sit them down and ask them to meditate, <laughs> it's really difficult. You want to do what? You want to do what? Okay. Yeah. I, I was and that guy. I was that guy. You want me to what, be still and be yeah. quiet? I got shit to do. And they yeah. and they ask, they, they expect themselves to get it quickly. And if they don't, then they're very critical. They get frustrated and they quit. And they also, there's a real big misconception with meditation is people think it's to clear their minds. And it's absolutely not. Your mind is going to constantly talk to you. That's what it does. And you just have to like, let it go in and let it go out and refocus, refocus, refocus. I mean, meditation is just like working out at the gym for your brain. Okay. And if you have the approach to be compassionate and loving to yourself while you go through it, understanding that this is brain training, understanding that this is a process. It's kind of like, you know, when you're walking down, down the street with a little doggy and the dog gets distracted and it wants to go over here and you don't scream at it, you go, oh no, come on, we're going over here. And if you just have that same attitude when you're meditating, that's golden. And I think the other big problem that people have, I'm gonna start doing 20 minutes a day it's not happening. Okay. <laughs> Try five minutes a day. Okay. Try five minutes a day. Yeah. Three to five minutes a day. Consistency is more important than duration at the beginning. Absolutely. And, and also I think beginners can benefit more, not everybody, because everybody's different with listening to some kind of guided meditation instead of just trying to be silent. Okay. It's easier to concentrate on somebody telling you something. And the old kind of guided meditation, a lot of people think it's only like, oh, you're happy place. You know, no, there's a lot of different types of guided meditation for self-healing, for focus, for, you know, self-love, for forgiveness, all kinds of stuff that you can get on apps. You know, so I think the approach is super important and to have a realistic understanding of what it's about is really important. Yeah. Okay. And I, got know, I got a question. I got a go question. Ahead. So I'm going to come at it from you guys are professionals. I'm and Scott knows this. Um, I was just recently, I was actually introduced mostly to meditation from Scott and from a few other people. So I'm got, I got the squirrel brain. I've got ADD on crack. I get it. Is it important <laughs> when you're is, is it important when you're meditating to try to calm and quiet your mind, or is it better to listen to what your mind is telling you when you're meditating? Because I try to like, I try to get to a point where I'm not thinking about anything, but it's so crazy. So I'm like, and Scott and I have had these conversations. What are your thoughts on that? Should we try to quiet or, or is that the point is to get still so we can listen to it? I think trying to quiet it is going to be difficult. You're trying, it, it, it's, it's very frustrating and it's just going to fight you back. If you're trying to quiet it, you're going to resist what's happening. The more you resist, the more it persists. Okay. That's with anxiety, that's with heart, you know, strong feelings, et cetera, et cetera. So it's more like observing it. Like, oh, oh, that was something. Oh, okay, that was something. And then just kind of like clouds in the sky kind of thing. They use that analogy a lot. And just observe it and then go back. Go, oh, I thought about something. Oh, what, what am I doing again? I have to focus again. Oh, that's okay. No, I'm gonna that's the way you don't resist it, you just notice it and go back to your focus. That's the most important thing. If you try awesome. to resist it, it's like trying to blank your mind. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah, there, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as letting it all go. You know, what, one of the things that, um, you know, Chris and I have done with some of our coaching clients, there's a meditation I use called the meditation bell, and it's got two focuses on it. 
it's there's a breathing component where I tell people just to take note of your breath, and then we get the mantra, so the bell. So literally, there's two things that you're focusing on, and all of a sudden somebody's like, "Wait a minute, for five minutes, wait a minute, I didn't I didn't attach anything." It's kind of like I'm trying to tell you to juggle while eating, and then you forget to notice the thoughts. So it's really just it's just a game, and yeah. then. One of the things that's fun is then bring them into, like you said, a guided meditation where now they realize, okay, the thoughts are going to be there. Thoughts aren't bad. That's just part of my existence. So, so talk about that too, because, you know, Chris had a really good point um, with everybody says they can't, they can't, they can't. Let's talk about some of the people that you've worked with who said they can't and what that looked like once they realized they could, because we listen, everyone says, I can't sit for five minutes and not think or not like have thoughts. Like they have this like scary misconception of what it's all about. Well, you know, it's interesting too, because when you're, we, we, we grow up and we live in this, this culture where, you know, we're really encouraged to suppress our feelings. Um, we're not, you know, we're not encouraged to be vulnerable. Like you guys are going talking about being transparent and vulnerable. You know, our culture does not encourage that. I mean, more people are doing yeah. it now, which is really wonderful and great. Um, I'm having conversations with men, young men in their 20s and 30s that are doing this in front of a group of people that they don't even know. I'm like, wow, not having these conversations in 20, you know, not even 10 years ago. You know, it's 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 incredible. It um, is. People that I've worked with, when I again spoon feed it, start to, when they go, oh, I'm going to do 20. I can't do it. Forget the 20 minutes. A little bit every day, two, three minutes. Just close your eyes for a little bit and concentrate on a little breathing. And if you get to the point, you listen to somebody, you know, give you a little guiding meditation about that you're worth something and you get good self-worth and, you know, all kinds of good affirmational stuff. But when they start to get it and they start, they, I, I say to people, if you just do that tiny little bit, I guarantee you, you will see benefits. And then that's going to motivate you to do more. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. This is what happened with me, too. I was like, are you kidding? I couldn't even do yoga. That was like too slow for me. Forget the meditation. Okay, I was like one thing to another. I lived my life like a conveyor belt. I mean, I, you know, that's what took me to heaven. I had to have back surgery years, uh, eight years ago, and that's actually what led me in the meditation and yoga. I was going um, to ask you that. Tell us about that. Tell us about that journey from who you used to be to who you are now and that crossover and what you went through and what you experienced. Oh, gosh. I have to be careful not to talk too long now. <laughs> uh, uh, I was... Um, I suppressed my feelings a lot coming from my family and then being this a, a, a marriage that way for a long time. Um, and I had a lot of anxiety. And back then, nobody talked about it. You know, uh, 15 years ago, no one talked about this stuff. And I remember I remember my mom, you know, uh, that generation, they, they, they had like a nervous breakdown and went to the hospital <laughs> for like, you know, a week or whatever. <laughs> Um, I mean, I kept on going. I was a soldier, you know, but I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just used exercise excessively to get this energy out because I was constantly flooding myself with st stress hormones. And so what I believe would happen to me was because of years of constantly flooding my body with stress hormones, I, you know, it can break down connective tissue. Okay. And I think that's what happened to my, that's what happened to my back. Um, I trained, you know, real like an athlete, but I trained, I was a fitness trainer years ago. I knew what I was doing. I was doing things safe. You know what I mean? I, I, I trained in a good way. I don't think it was that. And when I had back surgery, um, it was the most brutal surgery I've ever had. And recovery was incredible. And it's not 100% since then because I got a fusion. Um, but I, 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 I was very determined to somehow continue to be fit. But I couldn't do a lot of the stuff I used to be able to do, right? 
And so then I got, I, I went into yoga because I just had to move slower. Okay. Like Scott was talking about when you hit 50, <laughs> you know, it was right around that time. I was 50 when I had this operation. And um, so all of a sudden I couldn't do a lot of stuff. I used to be like ab queen and now I couldn't even do it at all. And so I started to meditate and to just alleviate pain. One of the, one of the things I noticed that, you know how, when you, you, you get conflict with somebody, you're stressed out, and then you feel like a tightness in your neck and your back or something mm -hmm. like that. Well, after my back surgery, it became painful. I mean, if I got excited or upset about something or nervous, you know, anxious, I would get a lot of pain. And I said, wow, I got to figure this out. And if I went to any doctor, you know, they just would have wrote a script. And I was trying to stay yep. away from that. No criticism for people that need, think they you know, feel the need to do that. But I was very determined to try to find a holistic way. And that's what meditation gave me. And it, it helped me calm my, it helped me train my, my, my brain more. I had more control over my, uh, my thoughts. I had more control over, I could regulate my emotions better. I was able to express them better and let them out more. Um, and I just got healthier slowly and slowly I got healthier. And, um, and then it was really interesting because then I was going inside. And when you know, when you start to go inside for this first time, suppressed emotions want to come up and uh that's what happened and then i was able <laughs> i was able to use meditation to deal with those you know those emotions and so i just learned and more and more and grew and my practice got stronger and stronger and it's a huge part of my life now and i i, I meditate probably about an hour and a half a day oh wow that's awesome not, wow. all, at, not all at once okay like all together about an hour and a half a day so do you start your day off with a meditation to get your mind right? And yeah. so talk to us about that practice and what that does for you. Do you do you do a particular meditation? Do you do affirmations in that meditation? What kicks your day off to be successful? So I, I'm, I'm fortunate. I know that a lot of people can't don't have I, I've developed a two hour routine. I two hours I give myself I go to bed early. I get I go to bed earlier and I get up late, get up earlier to do this. And I'll do meditation. I do a manifestation meditation a lot in the morning. I really mm -hmm. like it. And I imagine it's in half an hour. And I, it's a guided meditation. I go through, like, uh, imagine an event, like what I want. Like, one of the things I did today was imagine that, you know, do really good. And we have a great time. And it was real fun for this event. Okay. Well, that was going to happen. So yeah, yeah. it so made I that picked, easy. I picked this event for my, my, my one. And then afterwards, they, uh, it, they, they, the instructions are to realize and manifest what you want your, your dream life to be. Okay. And when I do this, it's not only just visualizing and, you know, imagining it's feeling the feeling into my body, you know, actually feeling it, the joy and the, the gratitude and the love that I'm feeling by all these wonderful things that I want, you know, that I want in my you know dream life and all this. And I've gotten really good, not hundred percent, but really good at like, I mean, I can feel it like tingle in my body, like really feel the vibration come up. Um, so I do that, that, and I get, I get so emotional. I I get, I cry real easy. I get tears in my eyes. I'm like, so happy. That's how I start my day. And then I listen to affirmations. I, 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 I customize my affirmations. I write them down and then I record them. And so I listen to them in the morning and then I write a gratitude list, at least three to six things that I'm really grateful for. And then I think of my intention, you know, different intentions that I have for the day about different things. And that's my morning routine. And then I have a nighttime routine uh, too, but the morning routine just to prepare my body. And then I'm like ready to rock. And then sometimes like 
while I'm putting on my makeup or something like that, I'll listen to something else like good and motivational. So, that's so here's what I'm here's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing, and I'd be shocked if I'm incorrect on this, that somebody is saying there's no way in hell that I could put an hour and a half to two hours of meditation into my day. But I want to challenge that but right that now. Is, because, oh, okay, yeah, go, 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 ahead, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. I want to challenge that whole idea of I can't because your whole life could be shaken up in any moment and something shifts and then you have to take that new route. You know, people have like they lose a loved one or a partner or whatever and all of a sudden everything changes anyway. Massive transformation, which is what all three of us are about, takes massive willingness to shift. Right. And so here's the thing. Visualization, manifestation, what you were talking about, creating those feelings. One of the things Chris and I talk about all the time is what do you hear when you're in that new space? What do you smell? What do you feel? What, what does it taste like? What do you see? What does your body feel like? You know, you go through every sense. So you're listen. Your body doesn't understand. Your cybernetic mind doesn't understand. If it happened or it's a manifestation and a visualization, it's one and the same. It's so happening. you're literally preparing so the truth. True. So as you're saying that, I live that. I preach that. But I don't do it to the extent. You just actually created a challenge unintentionally for me to say, <laughs> you know what? I got to get my ass out of bed and maybe do an extra half hour. Because I have a my method of, med of meditation is. I'll do a lot of five minutes here during the day. Like I'll be in the Lowe's parking lot. I stop and I do a meditation. I concentrate on breath, some kind of mantra. And then sometimes I do it with my eyes open and closed because I love the, the noise. Let the faucet be there. Let the faucet be yeah. there. Yeah. Just stay right in the middle of it. And so what I'm realizing is maybe I need to put a little more time into the manifestation because I do it, but I certainly don't put a half hour, an hour. I could do it. You know, I'm making stuff up if I say I couldn't. So if I'm going to make stuff up, why don't I make stuff up? Right. You know, so I right. love it. I love it. Yeah, keep going. I, I right. love where this is going. And the old me, uh, and sometimes I still can do this, okay? But I, I catch it and switch it quicker, you know, because um, I know how to do it, practice. You know, you, you work out the muscle in your brain, and then you just know what mm -hmm. to do. You have tools now. Before, I was just, I didn't know what to do. I would roll out of bed, wake up, and immediately be stressed out about all the things I have to do today. You know, and I think a lot of people live that way. It's horrible. And if I start doing that, I'm like, no, we're not going to think that. And that's the key. That's the key that I've learned. It, it when when you have that kind of thinking, instead of saying, "I'm not going to think that way," "I'm not going to think that way," it works best. Just like meditation, focus on something else. Mm -hmm. Focus on something else. When you're trying to teach a little kid something, you know, you try to give them focus. Focus. Come on over here. Come on over here. Same kind of thing. Focus something else. No, nope, I'm not going to think about. It. I'm going to think about this. Let me listen to my my informations. Let me listen to a motivational thing or whatever. You know, what I mean, let me manif do my manifestation or whatever. So yeah, and there's and then and then even if you're not like catching it, what I what I've really noticed the the capability that starts happening when you have a regular meditate. This is a thing. People say, oh, I want to get control over my mind. I can't. It's it can't. Won't stop. It's driving me crazy. Yeah, I get it. I'm the same way. And it exhausts you and stress out your mind and your body and really hurts your health ultimately. But what happens with meditation, with that practice, that working out, the training, the brain, then starts happening where when you start to think of the future, or when you start to um, when you start to think of the future, when you start to ruminate from the in the past, immediately you can stop yourself and go, "No, I'm not going to do that." And you're going to just focus on something else immediately. And what happens is 
before, before I didn't even know when it happened, the thought came in and it would totally take me over. You get a really small window to not let the thought turn into emotion. It's like less than 20 seconds. Okay. So when you're not aware and you're not conscious, it just takes you over. And then you go on a trip of, well, I'm all stressed out or whatever. And you get, you know what I mean? But when you have the training and meditation, you start to all of a sudden notice you're thinking more and you can mm -hmm. look at it objectively without just believing every single thought that comes in and react. Mm, I love that. I love that. Have you, have you, are you familiar with Michael Singer in the, in the book, the surrender experiment and the untethered soul? What yeah. you're talking about is exactly um, yeah. what I went through and being able to visualize in my mind that the minutia and I always do it like this. It's like, so life is right here. And usually we're like in the middle of it. Like, Oh my God, I got to do this. No, And in that book, Michael Singer talks about like, you're the observer of that. Scott talks about it. you're the, you're not that minutia. You can step back and sit there and say, Oh, that's really interesting. And that's something I've been practicing a lot. Like, Oh, that's really interesting. And let that go. Because as we know, rabbit holes can really just like become serious, serious, uh, caves. Right. One thing I would love to ask you about, since I'm a, I'm a fellow back sufferer, a uh, fellow back surgery uh, accomplished person, what did, you do, what did you do for your mind to prepare for the pain? Because I went through a program where I like I said, okay, I understand that I'm going to go through back surgery. I had the fusion. I had L3 to L5 fused. Uh, it was crazy. I was in I was I was a I was in the hospital for five days. I was supposed to be in there for three days. I'm like, what the fuck did you guys do to me? I cannot walk. Um, so I, I literally, what I did beforehand, cause I knew it was going to be bad. I researched it as I researched David Goggins. Are you familiar with David Goggins? No. So I researched David Goggins. You have to, it'd be too long to explain, but David Goggins is just like a machine and how Same. he approaches his mindset towards pain. What talk to us about that? Did you go through any, any process to be able to associate or disassociate from the pain? Because the pain is our body. It's not our soul. Like, so I've found like recently, I just had a massage today and I haven't had one in a month and the lady was pulling me in so many different directions. And I, and I practiced mindfulness. I was like, I am not the pain. I am not the pain. It's my body. It's not me. And God is my witness. I was like, I let it go. It was like, okay, that's my leg. It's and not me. In my opinion, probably because of the practice, just the practice you've done, like that meditation that helps that muscle get stronger to be able to do that. Uh, I know I wouldn't be able to have that kind of control over my thinking without my meditation practice. Absolutely Amen. not. Because going to, I'm tell, I tell everybody, it's like working out at the gym. It's your mind. I, I, I tell people, think I'm your fitness coach for your brain. I mean, that's what it's about. Um, I didn't prepare uh, before the back surgery because I wasn't doing meditation then. Okay. I didn't oh, say okay. So this is, this is the catapult. You're like, well, no, I need something. I need something. <laughs> I, don't, I, need I can't something. do any more Percocet. I can't do any more. Yeah. I was on so many and, drugs. Funny. And, and so, um, so I, but I did notice real quickly um, that, and even, you know, years later, you know, I still, I don't like to say I have chronic, I don't even say that I have some challenges, you know? And so what happened though, when it was worse, um, of course, when you have chronic pain, it's really hard not to think about it. Just try not to focus on the pain. You know, how am I going to focus on the pain? I feel it every day, every step of my life. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, but I knew that I saw myself focusing it too much. And I said, you know, the more you focus on it, the more you're going to feel it. The more you focus on trying to heal, then you're going to feel it more because you're telling your brain what to do with your body. And so again, the meditation really, really helped me. And a lot of a lot of meditations I did to help me also with the physical challenges uh, were just unhealing. 
you know, focusing on healing, seeing myself healed, see, you know what I mean? And, 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 and having more control, you know, less stressing causes less stress hormones into my body, which is going to help me heal better. You know what I mean? So there's one thing I want to say about, um, uh, the road less traveled. Um, there's a, a you know, Eckhart Tolle. Yep. Okay. He's, I, he's my, one of my favorite spiritual leaders. Great. And there's a really great uh, video where he a short little clip. They make these little videos of his talks and it's about life challenges. And I really love it. I love to share it with people. And he talks about, a, he talks about the book on, you know, Roadless Traveled. And he says, one of the things he says at the very beginning is when you know life is difficult, it becomes less difficult. And then he starts, he says, it sounds kind of negative, but this is what he means. If you think that life is designed to make you happy, then you're going to be angry a lot. <laughs> you know, we know a lot of, maybe we've done it or other people around us. It's so unfair. I'm so lucky. I can't believe this is happening to me. You know, all these problems that we have. But he goes on to say, life isn't made to make you happy. Life is to challenge you. That's what life is supposed to do, challenge you so you grow. And uh, yeah, so when you look at it like that, if you look at it as the problem and I'm so, I'm the victim and it's so unfair, then you're miserable. If you can you learn to switch it and go, okay, this is an opportunity. This is a challenge. What, what's the lesson here? What's the lesson? And, eat, and, and when you get better at it during the challenge, you know, a lot of times, like years ago, I was able to see the lesson or understand that it was a lesson after the challenge, okay? Mm -hmm. But now I've gotten to the point where during the challenge that I'm really not liking, but I'm like, okay, okay, there's a reason for this. Okay, this is a challenge. Maybe I don't know what it is now, but I will know. And sometimes I, I know. So it's, it's cool to get the evolution. <laughs> so Michelle, I want to I just tap into that because you just nailed some beautiful stuff there. Many of us in our evolutionary journey are able to do exactly that is look back and go, ah, I see the lesson that and the, the time between the lesson and the the understanding of it could be a minute, could be 10 years. Mm -hmm. I want to challenge everybody right here and right now to do what you just spoke about to any time you feel challenged. In other words, you're triggered, you feel upset, something's wrong. That's life's way of offering you the lesson. Sit in that. Yeah. Ask yourself, do I feel sad? Do I feel anger? Do I feel fearful? Do I feel shame? And what is that trigger that's happening? And start to break down the issue or what you need to learn. I do this with my wife. We're like the strangest family to you know many others looking in. I'll be like, babe, you know, you, you said you don't want to talk about this. It's upsetting you. That's the exact reason we need to talk about it. What is happening here? What are we supposed to learn? And so she's an amazing human being who grounds me, who teaches me so much. But I'm the challenger. I'm like, we're not going to walk away from this. We're not going to compartmentalize it because then that's more steam that's going to have to blow off later. We're going to work through this. And so recently I came up with an interesting thing. I think I'm the most grateful person I know because I wake up and my routine is all about gratitude, but it's gratitude from this being. So here's something I want to challenge people with, because, you know, it's easy for Chris to say, I'm grateful. I have my family, my kids, whatever. And you say, I'm grateful for all these things. I got through my back surgery. But what if all those things that go wrong, you say, I'm grateful that that person, even though they hurt me, were able to support their family because of what happened. I'm grateful. So what we're doing, and Chris hears me say this to a point, he probably wants to punch me in the face because they say it so much. No. Extend the sense of self. So it's the world's not me. It's me, Chris, and Michelle. 
It's not me, Chris, and Michelle. It's all our viewers. It's not our viewers. It's everyone who knows our viewers. It's, it just keep going. And so right. even though I got hurt, what benefit to the full sense of self did that pain I received offer? So in other words, somebody screwed me on a deal. Were they able to feed their family? Or were they suffering and made a decision that they had to do that they didn't even like and they feel horrible about it? Yeah, yeah, let no, that yeah. Fly. That's right. Or or that what they did or didn't do, mm -hmm. okay, that you think they should have. Sure. Uh, how it hurt you. And I've learned to forgiveness is healing. Okay. It's not saying that you agree with it. It's a way out of your healing. Okay. It's actually a really good quote. Oprah Winfrey says, forgiveness is wishing, letting go of the hope that it could have been different. Ooh, okay? Say that again. Say that again. Perfect. Forgiveness is letting go of the hope that it could have been different. I love it. Because that's what we do when we have the resentment. We ruminate, we ruminate about how it should have been this way, you know. And so now I've gotten to the point where, and I've had a terrible habit of ruminating in my life uh, because I've gone through so much forgiveness around myself and other people and all that. Still, sometimes, even with people that I feel like I've forgiven, the thought, come, a thought comes in of what I, I, they hurt me somehow. And when it comes in now, it maybe start to get going. I go, nope, we're not going to do that. And then out loud, I say, I love you. Thank you for the way you were because this has made me grow. Yeah. Just growing, just forgiving them made me grow. You know what I mean? So I do that a lot. Like, okay, yeah, that's not fun, but it's making me grow as a person. You know what I mean? I and so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, we're going we're gonna to take some comments here in a second, but I got to show you something. I got to show you something. So back in 2016, I was going through a dark time. And I've always said that every day is a new day and what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. So to your point, I wrote. Oh, wow. On my on my oh, wrist, on my arm, yeah. what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. Because to yeah. your point, Absolutely. that if we have that perspective, that we get excited, albeit you know, begrudgingly, we get excited about the next challenge that we're going through, the next phase of the hero's journey. I was just talking. I had just had a, a buddy of mine was going through some tough times, and I said, "Watch Finding Joe." If you guys are out there in viewer land, listener land, go to YouTube, Finding Joe, the Joseph Campbell story. Yep. about the hero's journey you got to watch that you have to understand that you have to understand that we're going to go through the hero's journey uh i mean wizard of oz she goes out and she learns all these different things she comes back and she teaches everybody yeah. else star wars he goes out and he does a bunch yeah. of things he comes yeah. back and teach. we're all in those hero's journeys and we're all going to go through those hero's journeys perpetually through our life ken walls is on here ken walls just went through the hero's journey he's just like yeah he, he just went the hell and back i mean so we, we continuously go on those things. And if we have the, the idea and the philosophy in our mind that, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger and that we can help other people from those voyages and from those journeys, that gives meaning and purpose to life. That and gives I, meaning and purpose to life. I think it's super important too, when you're trying to do this, because we all fall, a lot of us fall into the self-critic thing. When you don't do it the way you want and you fall back into the old thinking, you fall back into the old negative stuff, you know, it's okay. Don't grace. give yourself, okay? Give yourself because some grace. Your brain has neuron connections, and you think and behave a certain way for a long period of time. That connection is strong. It's going to take a little while to get weaker as you start working on the new stuff. And then every once in a while, it falls back to that. And people go, oh, I should know better. And you're No. You just go, no, we don't do that way anymore. Yeah. You know? The beauty right there is just the acceptance of the awareness. Like, get, get excited about the awareness. The fact that you found something better 
fell back into a pattern and made a mistake, if you want to call it a mistake, and were aware that you went backwards is everything. I mean, right. I always say this. There's awareness, awakening, imagination, and creation. What does that mean? So there's awareness to say there's something better. Then I come into the space of awakening. I start to go, well, what am I supposed to do? And you kind of go on, I feel something. And then use your imagination. I heard you talking about it. You're, you're talking about that in your manif your um, visualizations. Use your imagination to create the better world. Where do I want to go? What do I want to look like it? And then you fall into the creator space, which you always were. It's just like an invention. You were. Every invention has to be imagined first before it comes 100%. out in the world. It's, it's not even magic. You know, that's the thing. Exactly. We think it's magic. It's everything that we were created to be able to do. Exactly. And we act like it's this far off, like exactly. those people are different than me. I never could be that person. I hate yeah. to tell you, Joseph Campbell will tell you, Chris will tell you, anybody listening will tell you, you are the hero. You are the creator. It's always been you. In fact, it's kind of funny because we didn't prepare what we were going to talk about. Go look at my last social media post. It literally says, you are the hero. I love you. Stop waiting for somebody else. It's you. I literally right. just posted that. And then, of course, the universe says, we will have to talk about this tonight because <laughs> why wouldn't you? Right. All right. Hit the pause button for a second. I just want to capture some comments in here. I just want to, uh, Margaret was saying here, she was saying, I recently learned this lesson. Life is 50-50. Allow your feelings good and bad and ugly. Yes, yes Margaret. Yes, Margaret. Yes, Margaret. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. I appreciate you for being here. Uh, Margaret's a dear friend of mine. Uh, so she's on a journey as well. Um, yes, uh, Deborah is in the house. What's up, Deborah? She goes, Good advice, don't let the thought become the emotion. 20 Ooh. seconds. I was listening to that one, listening loud and clear. 20 seconds, don't let it happen. Yeah, yes, yes. And we also had she was actually she was asking, uh, uh, Scott, do you have the guided meditation? Well, you have to join Scott's uh, you have to join Scott's uh, coaching program to get that. So, but what I will do, I will do, of course, because you always want to give somebody something is the meditation bell meditation that I share. You can go to YouTube, look up meditation bell. It's five minutes and 25 seconds. And I highly recommend you do it because it's a simple way. The bell is a mantra. I always recommend people recognize their chakras. If you're not feeling familiar with chakras or energy centers, go Google it. When you take your breath in the meditation bell, I'll give you a visual of what it looks like. It's like boom. And in that, when I take a deep breath, I breathe from my root chakra to my crown chakra. So I feel everything through my body. And then I release with that bell. And so it's five minutes and 25 seconds where if you're focusing on breath and allowing that bell to break down any blockages in your energy centers, if, if I give you nothing else tonight, take that nugget of gold and go play with that because there's two ways that you're not going to attach to the thoughts. Recognizing your breath, which is source, which is God, which is creator, which is universe. Recognize that and allow that bell to break down anything that's going on within you and your energy centers because you are energy. So right there, if you only do that and if that resonates with you and you find value in that, come talk to me if you want to check out the coaching program. But even that alone. I mean, that's a breakthrough thing if you Absolutely. practice that in itself. Absolutely. Something like that. It's very powerful. Huge. Very simple. Very simple. And, and I agree. I agree with Michelle. Like guided meditations are fantastic, but there's another way to do it too, is we either go guided or we go with mantra or breath. And if you can incorporate bro both, you'll be shocked at the fact that all the noise is happening. Do I have to go shopping? Do I have to pick up my kid? Why am I so dumb? Why am I this? All these things that are negative images and you can sit in the middle of it and you're like, oh my God, I did it. 
and you'll be able to do it right. because you are the creator. You are the imagination. You've got it. So it's great when you start seeing the results. I always tell people, focus on the progress. Give yourself. You, you'll you have it. You'll have it. I run to the mirror, you know, when I can. I'm like, good job. You know, you're doing yeah. great. You got to do that. You got to do it. We have a question here from Deborah. She says, is it okay to expect an apology when someone knowingly harms you? What do you guys think about that? Expectations. We talk about that a lot on this show. Uh, when someone knowingly harms you and they say sorry just because they're saying sorry because just of the words, they don't really mean it. No, is, is it okay to expect an apology when somebody oh, knowingly no. harms you? No. 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 Because if you expect it, you're just going to hit every set. Don't expect you from somebody else. I think that's a really good quote. You know what I mean? Just because you would apologize, don't expect somebody else to. And and also, they're just totally unconscious and oblivious most of the time. You know what I mean? Or, you know, who knows? We don't know the other person's, you know. And I always think when someone knowingly acts that way, when someone knowingly harms you, they're really upset. They're just miserable people. I mean, a person, a happy person doesn't act like that. A happy person doesn't knowingly, you know, harm somebody, right? I mean, no. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't expect that. I and, and someone else was there was a, a comment expected expectations or resentments in the making yeah. or something like that. Absolutely, absolutely. On point. It's like when I go I to when saying, I do meditation, I, I don't do any, I don't have any expectation of a meditation because each time it's different. The only thing I can expect from a meditation is I'll be more relaxed afterwards. I but, love that. I, I can get all kinds of different, you know, woof, like magical stuff. You know what I mean? But that's, I don't have expectation. I just go in there just expecting a little rest. And then I get surprised a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. So in, th so in thinking about, thinking about everything that's going on in the world today, and we haven't really, usually I start the conversation off with what's going on in the world today, the COVID and everything else that's going on. What are your thoughts for people who are struggling and, you know, going back to what we were saying, expectations, you know, it's something I coach on all the time. It's like, what is your expectation? If your expectation is people are going to be up here, but the reality is they're here, that 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 difference, that cognitive distance, that whatever you want to call it, that's going to lead to frustration. What can we do for people aside from meditation? What kind of exercises, what kind of um, skills can we impart upon people tonight that if they're struggling with people with having different opinions or struggling with, oh, I expect people to be this and I expect this, how can we help people aside from meditation draw back and become more centered with themselves? Well, try, try to avoid even thinking in an expectation kind of way, okay? Don't expect, I mean, I, instead, switch from expectation to what's your intention. What's your intention? You to go. try to be empathetic and understanding of other people, to try to give love and help to other people. You know, I think if you focus on your intention more, you lose the expectation thing. You know what I mean? Um, and also watching my thoughts. Like if I'm talking to, if I'm in a conversation with somebody or I'm observing other people, just to kind of watch what I'm thinking, you know, a mindful way of learning how to communicate better with yourself and with other people. Am I really listening to that person? Am I really trying to listen and understand? Or I, do I have a running commentary in my mind about how I'm judging them, criticizing them, not behaving the way I think they should, or I'm just waiting to respond? Okay. There's a lot of that. And I, I've seen myself do it. You know what I mean? And I catch myself, stop thinking, listen to the person, listen to the person. Okay. So I think a lot of times we are into, you know, it, 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 this person isn't, you know, acting a certain way and all that kind of stuff. But I think if we take the focus off that person and focus on how we're behaving and how we're thinking and what our intentions are, I think we become more compassionate and loving other people. And those things don't bother us so much. 
when you understand that people that are in that kind of way of thinking, you know, and that way of behaving, they're just, they're not conscious of it yet. A lot of times they just, I'm not, and I wasn't either years ago, you know, so I think about how I was and how I am now and I'm not perfect either. And, you know, just be forgiving for people. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying to be a doormat at all. Okay. Um, and when it's appropriate, I absolutely will speak up and I, I, I don't have a problem with it, but now I don't need to speak up as much. You know what I mean? I don't need to be understood as much because I feel good with me. You know what I mean? But when it's appropriate, I absolutely do. So I have a question for you, Michelle, because this is one that I've asked myself for years and Chris and I talk about a lot too. So right now you've got somebody that you love or family or friends, and it's so simple for them to elevate in the journey. They can move forward. There's, there's two things they can do or something they can do. What do you do for them to help them move forward on the path? Cause, and I'll, I'll, it's easy for them? You're saying it's easy for them? No, no, no. It's not. No, they're not moving forward. Oh, they're, they're, not. they're in a stuck space. They're the people in your family. You're like, how do you not see that? What are you guys doing? What's wrong here? Like, and 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 you, it's it's very like you could literally give them a roadmap that would take two seconds it's to get to here. If they have a subconscious belief that is not aligned with their conscious desire, they will not move forward on a period. Boom. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we're, you know, most of our, we're controlled by our subconscious beliefs. Okay. We're in that way, 90, 95% of the time, they say more than a conscious, you know, the conscious mind. So you can say, you can go to a workshop, you can read a book and all that. But if your belief still tells you, you can't do it, you're not doing it. All right. And that's why it's so important to change those subconscious beliefs. And a lot of those were built in when we were kids, you know, for seven years, you know, that we don't remember. And talk to, so talk to us about that, that part, that part, crucial. the first seven yeah. years. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that. Years, you are yeah. absolutely. And even before the first seven years, there, I mean, there, there's research to show and studies that's fascinating that even when the baby is in the, 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 the uterus, if mm -hmm. that mother is stressed out all the time and things are happening, that's affecting the development of that baby that affects when that's traumatic. And any kind of experience they have beyond that that's traumatic, that affects the prefrontal cortex of yep. their brain and affects compassion, empathy, which makes a lot of sense when you look at like horrible things that people have done, like serial killers or genocide or something like that. All of those people that did those things always have a horrible childhood, right? Yep. So <laughs> it makes sense, right? And and when I when I had people close to my life that had really, really bad things happen to them were younger. When I was able to understand it, it actually affects their brain. You know what I mean? They can't function that well. Okay, so aside of that, just let's say subconscious beliefs. So I, what I say to that kind of person is, okay, write down things in your life that you really want to do, but you're not doing it. Why? Why aren't you doing it? Okay. A perfect example, uh, Bruce Lipton, who talks a lot about, you know, changing your subconscious belief with affirmations, doing that and stuff like that, which I've done and I'm a big proponent of. He wanted to write this book, Biology of Belief, for years, but he was afraid. He didn't, well, he didn't know, he wasn't conscious of the fear, like it was kind of in the back, okay? But he didn't. I'm too busy. Uh, procrastinate. Always found an excuse why he couldn't write this book. And then he said, okay, what's going on? I want to write this book and I'm not doing it. Some kind of subconscious belief is holding me back. What's going on? And he started writing and writing and meditating about it. And he's like, okay. He was afraid that it was going to ruin his career because he was saying everything contrary to all his fellow colleagues in the scientific world. 
And so finally, when he identified that, changed it, he wrote his book, three months. Okay, after years of not writing it. So that's the key. You have to write down what, what, what in your life, what areas in your life that you want to move forward and why are you not moving forward? And try. And if you, if you try to, okay, maybe it's because I was told this or I was shown this when I was younger or something happened to me. And then you connect the dots a little bit. That's helpful. But even when you don't, even if you can't remember, even if you just no way of knowing, like in my, that's my case, there's no way of knowing some things. Um, so then you go, okay, now I'm going to create affirmations. I'm going to write them down. I'm going to record them. And I'm going to listen to them over and over and over and over again until your brain, you, you create a new belief with your brain. And people go, oh, come on, that doesn't work. Of course it works. Look at propaganda. That's the opposite. We see how that works the big time, right? And yeah. also, it's like, it's just like a person in your life, whether it be a coach, a best friend, a, 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 a parent, parental figure, if they would do, you're wonderful, you're great, you can do it, blah, 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 blah. You're going to be on top of the world, right? You're going to believe that you can do anything you want, manifest things in your life with no problem. If you get the opposite, oh, but well, 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 you can't do anything. You're a loser. You're never going to make it. Blah, 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 blah. Most people will believe it. Okay. And then they'll believe those subconscious beliefs. They have to change their beliefs. There's some, some belief that's not holding them back. That's what mm -hmm. I would do with a person like that. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing, though. Like, even as you said that, and you had to say it two times because I heard it loud and clear, and hopefully everybody else heard it. People think, oh, that's not going to work because it sounds like you can't just change your beliefs. You can't just make these shifts. None of this is rocket science. The thing is, we have this illusion that one time we try to change our beliefs. So for a half a day, one day, we say, I don't believe that. And then we're like, why didn't it work? Let me ask you this. How many of us have gone to the gym, sat under a bench press and done 30 sets and said, I'm not jacked. This is stupid. And, and it hurt me. It didn't feel good. Okay, well, no kidding. At the very least, give it a month. At the very least, give it a three months. Like nothing in this world happens instantaneously because we're creating, first of all, we're creating habits. Habits supposedly take 21 days or 30 days. And if you want a real lifestyle shift, it's 90 days. So if you didn't for 90 days shift your belief and you didn't get it changed, you're kidding me, right? right. Like, of course you didn't. This is, the, this is the exact analogy I use all the time, all the time. Because when I talk about doing these things, people, the first two things people will say is, that's not easy. And how long does it take? Okay. No. How long did it take you to get no. this messed up? It took no, you 50 years to get it. this messed yeah. up. Yeah. Spend yeah. 90 days fixing yourself. Exactly. 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 Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I told you guys the time was going to fly by. We were already at 54 okay. minutes. So, Michelle, where can people continue the conversation with you offline? Thank you so much for being here on the Unfiltered Experience. I mean, it's been a great conversation. It's been great for me to learn and adjust. And we've had some great interaction here with our guests. Um, so thank you, guys. Monique's in the house. She says, what's up? Hello, family. Darlene says here, forgiveness will set you free. Absolutely yeah. surrender forgiveness. It's, I've been doing a shitload of it lately. Um, it's absolutely amazing. Thank you guys for being here. Andrea's in the house. What's up, Andrea? So appreciate you being here. She says here. She goes, you have to break through resistance in order to accomplish even the smallest tasks. Absolutely. So, Michelle, where can people get a hold of you? Well, first off, I got to come back again so we can talk on plant medicine. So I was, I was introduced oh, yeah. to no, that. No, before December, we're going to book immediately. We're going to send you over to our calendar because I want to have a full, deep discussion. And we want to segue exactly from this meditation. And then let's. what I'd love to do is let's let's actually have a 
a uh, survey where we ask people, you know, about the different pathways they think are most important. And we'll discuss based on what they request. Okay. Because Maybe. ayahuasca journeys, ketamine is now a new big thing that people I are know, talking I, about. I've, done I've been like researching this. Hey, listen, years. I know we had our we had our call. We know. So yeah. and actually there's somebody here in Austin. Her name's Allison Waddell and she does ketamine therapy up north. We need to give her a call and you and I are going to drive up there and do ketamine together. And oh, we're going to cool. talk I about it. it. I'm okay. very, no, I'm very serious. I'm very I, serious. Yeah. Scott, you're crazy. So yeah. I think the two of us go up there and we integrate some of the other plant medicine that we've done. We go up there and we talk about that on the next show. Absolutely. So, awesome. so there you go. We're going to yeah. be two guinea pigs. But I've, right. done, I've done ketamine before, but I'm just saying we're going to do it together. And you talk did it for surgery, dude. Experience. You did it for surgery. Yeah. No, did. I'm not a horse, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they actually so ketamine. Ketamine. They they give it to you when you have surgery, right? If you're a horse. No, no. They, they actually. <laughs> no, my mom had ketamine. Are they doing it now? Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, my I mom had ketamine. Was... Her, she woke up out of it. She had a horrible experience. She woke up freaking out. They had me go from the waiting room into the 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 recovery room because, yeah, she came out of ketamine and she was like, Ooh. "Don't ever fucking give me that shit again." Oh, I'm like, I'm not going to have that. So, well, think of this. If you were drinking coffee at the diner and somebody put acid in the coffee, you're going to have a bad experience. If somebody guided through and you took with attention, you can have a beautiful experience. So, it's much the same. If you don't, if somebody doesn't tell you what you're going to feel or guide you with anything, it can be miserable. Absolutely. You have to like imagine if somebody you didn't didn't guide me when I was doing my seal, my seal thing. You weren't guiding me when I was doing my seal thing. After I drank I that, that. shit, you know what I'm talking about? I, I saw this. I was telling this story today. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I drank some mushrooms. You know, I I think I did a good seal in like, oh, oh, oh. Chris, you were having a good time. I was just letting you I, be there. I know, right, so, I know, I know. So we're gonna get Michelle back. Where do we get in touch with you? We're definitely having you back in a few months, and we're gonna do a a really fun event together. Before that, without a question, that sounds great. Yeah, there's my there's my uh, website. Uh, you can see all kinds of information about me there. And then my Instagram and uh, and I have a YouTube channel where I, I actually share a lot of short little videos and tips on how to handle anxiety and motion triggers and meditation and mindfulness. I share a lot of things on these short little videos. So check it out. Just watching those will help you give you a lot of tips. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for being here on the Ron and on the unfiltered experience. Um, <laughs> You're I'm killing so us tired. I'm surprised I didn't say rainbows in real life. I was doing that one yesterday. Yeah, just just, just um, come up with something. All right. Yes, Thanks for having yes, me, guys. This is great. We're gonna we're gonna put you backstage. Don't go anywhere because we're gonna continue continue we're the conversation right with you backstage. But uh, Scott and I are okay. gonna wrap up the show. So thank you so much okay. for being here, and uh, we appreciate you. We'll have you back. There we go, Mr. Goyette. Thank you for bringing Michelle on the show. What are your what are your what are your summation thoughts on the conversation tonight? What can we do to direct people to take an ABC approach, a one two three approach on what they can do to incorporate meditation, what they can do to incorporate mindfulness in this? You're the expert. Let them know what's up. So here's the thing. You know, somebody might be listening to the show and say, "Okay, well, why are you bringing somebody who's saying the same things that you're saying or saying very similar stuff?" Here's my take. Okay. The more of us who look in instead of looking out and the more people we bring saying the same stuff. And I'm not listen, I'm not about being right or anything. I can tell you this much. I don't care who's right. I don't care who's wrong. But the way for us to elevate in consciousness is not that way. It's this way. When I started talking to Michelle, I'm like, she gets it. And I'm looking at the way she's lighting out the world. And I want to keep bringing those people on the show, whether it's you, Chris, whether it's me whether it's our beautiful audience. I, I'm so thrilled that we're all doing that. So 
I just want to echo what she said. We've got to look inside. Meditation is a beautiful way to start that process. It's just that awakening. So we've got awareness, awakening, use your imagination, and then go out and create beautiful things in the world. So that's all I want to share, Chris. No more, no less. You got it, brother, man. That's a, that's an excellent way of wrapping it up. Uh, Margaret says, great show. Thank you, Margaret, for being sure. here and staying the time. Appreciate you. Love you. Let me know what I could do. Um, Robert says, your ketamine runs off your imagination. I can only imagine. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And Andrea, thank you so much for being here. She says, we all, we learn from each other. And that's the important aspect of this, ladies and gentlemen, is that you walk away from this, this show, this conversation, and you take at least one one aspect of this conversation for the last 59 minutes, one aspect of this conversation, and you go implement it into your life. Like whether it's starting your day off with, with gratitude and intentions. I love what Michelle was saying with that. That's how I start my day. I did not always start Perfect. my day off that way. I started my day off going, fuck, what's going to happen today? Oh shit, the alarm clock. But now I wake up and I would wake up my, before my eyes even open. It's like gratitude. What are my intentions? And I've even actually been challenging myself. I'm like, maybe I'm going to go back to the 5 a.m. club and get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym and like really start my day off intentionally, have that hour of, you know, 20 minutes of medica meditation, medication, meditation, um, uh, you know, 20 minutes of journaling, 20 minutes of, 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 of positive influence into my brain. Imagine what we would do if we started our day off every single day with that, making that investment in ourselves. But so many of you guys out there sit there going to say the excuse, I don't have time, Chris. I don't have time. I don't have time. You don't understand. I have all these other fucking things to do. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, plan your time better plan what it is that you're doing better if you're spending more time on your phone than you're spending on your spiritual development your your your, your mental development your physical development then guess what <clears throat> those are the outcomes that you guys are going to get but from here in the show today Michelle, myself, Scott, we've all illustrated to you guys that the, the the process happens from within and this is something I saw earlier Scott somebody had posted somebody who had been going through different we'll just call it a different journey throughout the last 18 months I saw them post today and it was beautiful. And I compliment them on them. They're like, it's not about everybody else. It's not about what we want everybody else to do. It's about what we start with inside. The healing starts inside. The loving starts inside. That's what I, when I started off the show and I was talking to you, thinking about myself and just sitting on that patio the other night and going, okay, what are my blocks? What are my limiting beliefs? What are the things that are holding me back? What am I still subconsciously doing that I'm not aware of? And thinking about my mom and having that epiphany was a breakthrough. We all have that opportunity awesome. to take that time to really reflect on what's working for us and what's not working for us. And the first and foremost aspect of all of it is, are you pouring into your own bucket? Are you pouring into your bucket? Do you love yourself enough to make the sacrifices and the challenges to get where you want to go? We talked about it in this, in this, in this episode, Scott, we don't always feel like it. I don't feel like it. I don't have time, but we want the results. But ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're at in your journey, you have to really consider this. I'm 52 years old. I have to consider that 52 years of my existence have culminated in the beliefs that I have now. And the beliefs continue to evolve and change because I choose to, because I, I wrap myself around people like Scott and Michelle and all the other beautiful people that I put in my life that I constantly challenge myself to think, you know, am I, is this, is this thought serving me or is it destroying me? And I think from, from the conversation tonight, we can all walk away and say, listen, how can I pour more into my own bucket? How can I take an extra five minutes for myself and, and do a guided meditation? Go on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, it's free. You can do all sorts of stuff free. It's just the willingness with inside your heart to desire to make that change that has to come from within. Every single week, Scott and I come here, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You guys can go to theunfilteredexperience.com. Check out our website, see our YouTube, see our Facebook group page. We're here every single week. We've been here every single week for the last year at least. 
at least. We are dedicated and committed to coming here every single week, having unfiltered conversations with either just us, like we did last week, or with amazing guests like we do this week. So put it on your calendar, be there, but comment in there what you're going to take from this conversation, how you're going to implement it. And please, 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 above all else, just go tell one other person what you learned tonight. Just tell one Absolutely. person what you learned tonight and ask them to implement it because that's the ripple effect that we can all put into the world right now to make it a better place for who we are, what we do and how we grow from these experiences. We can change the trajectory of the, of the world. I believe that. And it's my heart center purpose. You know, this, Scott, that we don't leave a world for my kid, for your kid, for the kids, kids to have to fix. So we appreciate you guys for being here on the unfiltered experience. Any final thoughts, Scott? I'm going to, I know I just rambled on, but yeah. I just feel. No, passionate. you nailed it. You nailed it. We're, we're, we're going in the right direction. The trajectory is the right direction. We're in the midst of some chaos because the chaos is part of the storm. We're in the storm. We're going to come out into this beautiful world filled with rainbows. It's not kumbaya. It's reality. We have to have the friction first. We're living it. All good things are coming. Keep sharing, guys. Anything that you learned here, keep sharing. Share the podcast. Share the message. I don't care if we get quoted for it. Go share the messages. Make sure that we keep sharing the truth, the positivity, and the beautiful things that we're trying to share with you guys in the show. Love you all. You are nothing short of freaking amazing. You are your own hero. And thank you for being there. Go make a great Friday night and a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you here next week. Love you guys. Go, go make babies.